say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Check, check. All right. What is up, sir? How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good. You, uh, I think you are the one guest I've had so far with a better beard than, than me. So it's an <laughs> honor. I don't know about better, just definitely maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. You do, you got the, uh, the Hagrid look going on for sure. <laughs> um, I'm trying to get there, but I lost a bunch of weight too. So I don't know. I don't know if I can qualify as Hagrid anymore. Um, yeah, you can do it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're joined by uh, Brandon Allen today. Brandon is a fucking massive human, power lifter, arm wrestler, uh, all kinds of stuff, gym owner. And, uh, dude, it's a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I was wondering if this day would come. You know, yeah. I've uh, listened to your podcast here and there. And yeah, man. I was wondering if it was the knock. Yeah, dude, it's been, it's been a long time coming. So when we started it, you know, it's been through a couple iterations, like, it had a different name and I had a, a co-host and all that. And that stuff fell through, changed names and changed the approach to it. I was trying to do all my episodes in person, but, you know, global pandemic, you know, kind of messes stuff up a little bit. If you want to call it a global pandemic, we could go into that. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's good to finally have you on. I think I asked you like a year ago. So, uh, so finally got you. Yep. Um, all right. So. A lot of stuff I want to cover with you for sure. You got a lot going on. Um, first off, man, uh, you're going to Dubai to arm wrestle Larry Wheels. So how's how's the training going for that? Yeah, well, um, you know, I'm new to the arm wrestling world. Uh, I've uh, been involved in it for about two years now. I was talking has been consulting. Um, you know, it's always been money to uh, put that on the back burner and work on other things. And then arm wrestling just kind of fell on my lap. So uh, here I am now, two years into training. I've only had one super match and I've only done one tournament. And then I get a call for the biggest arm wrestling match that exists right now, which is uh, King of the Table. You know, and I'm uh, invited to King of the Table 2, which is a core sports Larry Wheels production out in Dubai. Um, Larry Wheels has been arm wrestling for about three years now. Um, I mean, I don't need to introduce Larry. Um, you know, he's just a phenom strength athlete. can do whatever he wants and be one of the best in the world at it. Yeah, man. Arm wrestling is no different. Uh, it just takes time. You know, just like anything, when we, we first started powerlifting, uh, neither of us were very good our first, um, second, and third year. Uh, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, any sport you do. You're going to be strong and, and good, but you're not going to be at that high level. Um, so, me and Larry are both kind of at that probably top of the line or amateur and, you know, very low in pro, um, you know, maybe we could win. I mean, I've won a pro tournament. I'm, I'm pretty sure if Larry had done that same tournament, he would have won as well. Um, so uh, it's just, um, I think we're similar in, in levels. Um, so it was pretty stoked to get the call. Uh, you know, I've been wanting to make that happen for a while. 
Um, it just kind of fell in my lap. So huge opportunity. Um, kind of gnarly because we're going to the Middle East in the middle of yeah. the, all the shit going on. And, uh, you know, we have to fly. It's like a it's a 22-hour flight day. Um, and that's, you know, that's if there's a stop. It's a 14-and-a-half-hour direct flight. You know, and wearing a mask that whole time. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but we'll figure it out, you know, and uh, make it happen. Because under no circumstances would I believe in the country right now. I have no desire. Um, it just happened to, uh, happen to be where uh, the matches has in Dubai. Yeah. Well, the key is to pretend like you're eating or drinking the whole time, you know, because you can be like, oh, no, no, I'm drinking something right now, you know. Well, that's probably going to be happening either way. So, yeah, I don't have to true. pretend. So, um, for those who don't know you, you are like an elite, elite, elite power lifter. Um, and I know you, you've probably explained this a million times on different podcasts in different places, but you've kind of transitioned. Um, have you transitioned completely out of competitive powerlifting or you just doing this now as well? Um, definitely at the high level, uh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, it took me eight years to climb that ladder and get up there to the top. I know what it takes. Um, I'm not willing to do that again. Uh, I'm not willing for the sacrifice of health, uh, social life, just everything. You know, you're you're to be very good at something, you're gonna be very selfish. Yeah. And something like uh, powerlifting, which is so demanding physically, uh, resting. Uh, I mean, you know, like when I was at my strongest, it's not like what I was doing because we're all kind of doing the same shit. It's what I wasn't doing. You know, I didn't do anything else. I slept, eat, train, powerlifting. That's all it was. It's you know, it, it was a very boring lifestyle. Uh, a very selfish lifestyle, a very unhealthy lifestyle. You have one foot in the grave. You know, I'm six foot one, uh, 370 pounds, 365 pounds off competing powerlifting. Um, you know, I could, I'd have, you know, not only sleep apnea, but daytime apnea. I just, you know, <laughs> I like legit epileptic. I would never sleep. So I would uh, fall asleep at the wheel. Um, it, it was just, it was brutal. Uh, even with the CPAP and everything, I was so large and had so much weight on my chest. I just couldn't supply my body with enough oxygen to get any kind of sleep. Well, so uh, again, uh, you know, it's a selfish lifestyle. So the injuries are kind of a blessing because, you know, all of us yeah. that are up there at the top, they're all going through the same shit I went through. They're all fucking dying. Um, and they're all saying, all right, just one more. I just want to hit this lift and then I'll be done. Okay. Just one more. And then I'll be done. You know, like I, you know, my last knee, all my main goal, I just said, I wanted to squat a thousand pounds raw, uh, you know, in wraps and I, then I would be done. And, um, you know, I, I was so close to breaking the all-time world record. In fact, if I had a better meet, you know, maybe I would have at that time. Um, but, again, I didn't, right? So I was like – and I, I was beat up. My knee was already partially torn. I knew it was bad news. I knew I should have been done then. But, you know, I'm a meathead, and um, you know, I'm not very smart. So I decided <laughs> to push forward, and then that's when uh, I blew my quad tendon right off the bone uh, with a, and tore my patella tendon with a 925-pound squat. Um, training for, you know, that meet, I was planning on like 1,050 was the goal. But again, uh, neither here nor there. Um, the injury was kind of a blessing, slowed me down, you know what I mean? It made me take a break. Um, and then I was only, you know, four months of recovering from my knee surgery, barely walking again, when uh, I got hit on my Harley. And um, that one was pretty brutal. I got hit at like 50 miles an hour, uh, broke my pelvis, uh, tore uh, the director in my back, tore a bunch of muscles, um, uh, tore every socket in my, or tore all the muscles in my left socket. My left leg was basically completely dead for like two months. Um, you know, crashed my elbow, like so much shit. I was fucked up. You know, it was brutal. And um, <laughs> that was like where, because I, you know, I'm such an idiot. When I was recovering from my knee, and I started bo doing bodyweight squats again in my head, I was like, 
oh, dude, this is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make another run. And of course I am. I'm gonna make another run. Like this isn't uh, this isn't gonna stop me. And then uh, you know the motorcycle action was definitely like the nail in the coffin for powerlifting, at least at a very high level. Uh, that kind of weight is brutal. And um, like I said, I'm not willing to do it again. But to say I'm done competitive powerlifting would be uh, that would be incorrect. Uh, it's always going to be in me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, if there's a local meet that I'm a part of or to friends promotion or something like that. And I happen to be strong that time of the year and I don't have anything else going on. I'll for sure jump in. Um, in fact, I was going to do a meet earlier on this year, but uh, I have a, a lingering hip issue that just kind of hasn't healed itself. I have really bad bursitis, tendonitis in my left hip. Um, and, uh, you know, even, a, uh, you know, any kind of squatting with significant weight, really hurts it and then it makes the rest of my life kind of miserable where i'm having mm-hmm. trouble getting off the toilet walking the stairs so you know it's just not worth it you know i could put if i was the same if I had the same mentality as i did in 2018 and earlier I, I could easily push through this kind of pain and this kind of injury and get strong again but again like i said it's not my priority to be the number one powerlifter in the world so um you know risk versus reward and uh you know just weighing the pain it's not worth it so i'm just kind of taking a step back on the powerlifting for the moment and I'm really focused in on the arm wrestling. Like I said, obviously, the opportunity of a lifetime with Larry Wheels inviting me to this match and uh, challenging me. So, um, yeah, I'm grateful for that. And, uh, you know, arm wrestling is a lot easier than powerlifting in, in a sense of health mm-hmm. and uh, overall because um, your elbows hurt like hell. Like, yeah, that's no joke. Like, my arms right now are almost shaking. Like, they're, I'm always in pain in my arms. I'm working out arms twice a day. They're small muscles that recover very quickly. So they can handle a ton of abuse and uh, grip strength and stuff like that. But it's stuff that, you know, requires consistent training. It's not, you don't do these big, hard powerlifting workouts and then improve your grip strength. It's like daily work every day. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, like, if you ever grip a mechanic's hand who turns a wrench for a living, like, Jesus, that guy's hand is hard as a rock. And it's not from big movements, it's just from little cranks on a wrench all day that build those little muscles up. So you know, you try to train, uh, you know, with that kind of mentality for arm wrestling. And um, so, again, it's, it's harder in a different way than obviously much easier in terms of overall um, body strength. Like, I've never uh, puked from an arm wrestling workout. Like, I've puked yeah. from dozens of powerlifting workouts. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I've worked with you briefly, and then I, I had a hip injury. And um, I, I remember your programming, so I, I could definitely see how some of your workouts could make you puke. Um, it's a lot of volume. A lot of volume. A lot of volume. Oh, my God. Um, I wanted to ask you because – I and I was – like I told you before we started recording, I was listening to your episode on massonomics when I was driving over to the studio. Um, whenever I hear about people who take like hit after hit – because I've had those moments in my life where I'm like – Jesus, man, what can the universe just stop? You know, like, I mean, dude, you, you tore your freaking quad and then you got in a motorcycle wreck, like mentally, like, how do you pull yourself out of stuff like that? Like, do you mental strength obviously is huge when you're a dude who's put a thousand pounds on your back anyway, and you've trained to get there. But sometimes I feel like dealing with adversity like that, like injuries, especially when you're an athlete, I mean, it can be crushing, man. So, like, how do you how do you deal with something like that, dude? Because if I had, had gotten a motorcycle accident after tearing my quad, I would have just been like, Jesus, man. You know, until you're in the situation, man, you'll, you may handle it differently. Yeah. Um, you know, like I look at a lot of people and I'm like, man, I, I don't even know how he deals with that. But then I'm like, I'm sure if I was in that situation, I would find a way as well. True. Um, I'm just, well, I'm not in that situation. So, um, you know, I'm human. Uh, going through it was brutal. 
Um, there was rough days. There was rough weeks, rough months, you know, being stuck on the couch, can't get up to go to the bathroom, pissing in bottles, like uh, just miserable, you know, dirty and fucking you know, in pain, looking at a fucking TV screen all day. I'm a very active person. I, you know, I do a lot of things with my hands. I, whatever it is, I'm always doing something. I, yeah. you know, that's one thing that uh, I think my wife would agree with. I'm always doing something. So, I mean, I went from, you know, 110 miles an hour to on the couch, you know, that that's brutal, you know, but yeah, I have to remind myself, like, no one gives a fuck and uh, no one's going to get me out of this. I got to get myself out of it. And as uh, shitty as my circumstances are, there's a lot of people that would be stoked to have to be in the circumstance that I was in. True. So as it is, I just, you know, I just want to remind myself of things like that uh, going through it. And that I know um, that helped me, you know, and I, I, I've been fortunate enough with social media to introduce me to some really cool people. I have friends like Derek Whita and like uh, Omar Crispy, guys yeah. like that. Like, um, so I just think about what they've been through. I'm like, man, this is, this is not a big deal. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look back at this and it's going to be a little, uh, a little blimp in my, uh, my memory. You know, it's not something that's going to be uh, like a huge, like when you're going through it, you're like, this is everything. I, my whole life sucks. I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm over it. But, you know, now that I look back at it, I'm like, yeah, I was on the couch for a few months. It wasn't that bad. I got really good at fucking Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, moved on. You know, I haven't played video games since. Like, I uh, I don't like playing video games because they just associate with when I'm hurt on the couch. So, yeah, I, I probably video games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's That's a, a great point. And I love following both of those dudes, Omar and, and Derek. And, uh, um, I, I, uh, I was kind of having one of those moments recently and I literally, I stopped and I was like, dude, you're in your fucking nice new air conditioned SUV driving to your, your house to be with your family. That's healthy. That loves you. And like, you start going through all these things. It's like, all right, man, I don't have it bad. Like you just got to put that shit in perspective. And it sounds like that's kind of like what you did as well. Like, dude, I, I've still got a lot going for me. Um, Absolutely. so Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, I think it's important, especially for men, because a lot of times we're we're so used to, especially competitive dudes, dudes who are like athletic or, you know, whatever. Um, just those little bumps in the road can really you feel like it's the end of the world, even if you're like, oh, it's a fucking year recovery. This is this is it. And then next thing you know, you look back, you're like, dude, that feels like it was a second in my life. So that's Here. awesome. Um, well, how much do you weigh now, like versus when you were when you were at your heaviest? Uh, so in like powerlifting, I'm a strongest, my largest. I was uh, you know three three sixty five, like waking up weight, you know, probably walking all over three seventy during the day. Um, and then you know now I'm uh, well right now I'm a little larger than normal, three hundred ten, three hundred twelve pounds, and that's because I'm in preparation for my natural Larry wheels. Um, typically, I walk around at two ninety five to three hundred two, three hundred three is like at the largest. And that's where I'm really comfortable. You know what I mean? I sleep my best there. Yeah. Um, I'm still decently strong overall there. And, um, you know, but again, I, you know, I'm obviously, you know, every 10 pounds I put on body weight, I'm going to increase that much mass. I'm going to be that much stronger. Arm wrestling someone like Larry Wheels, it's not like it's going to be like, it's not, it's a battle of horsepower. I mean, him, we're both new. We both suck. It's not really going to be that much of a power, uh, you know, a technical batch. It's going to be who's got more horsepower. So that's why I'm putting on weight for this match. And uh, when I get back from Dubai, you know, just alter my um, eating protocol and you know reduce a little bit more of the carbs and get back down to that 295, 300 range. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still I wear a CPAP you know every night, and it's uh, when I'm below 300, I don't necessarily need to, but I'm still snoring pretty gnarly. Um, so I'm not getting that good good sleep, and I probably you know 
I probably will wear my mask even when I get back down in weight after this. Um, we'll see. I didn't wear my mask for a while there. Mind you, I got all the way down to like 285 at one point recently to where I felt like a fucking ninja. You know what I mean? You'll go from 365, 370 to 285. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's like, yeah, you know, it's a hundred pounds, almost a hundred pounds off you. Yeah. That's so, wild. Yeah. So my body was acclimated to that big weight, but then I was at that little weight and it was uh, really easy to breathe and sleeping was fine. I didn't need a mask at all. But again, I would like to continue what I've been doing. I, I wear a mask every night for the last few you know, months or so. And uh, it's amazing. Uh, I just get so much better sleep and I wake up energized and ready to go as opposed to waking up uh, kind of droggy and like, fuck, I wish I had another hour or two. But mm-hmm. I lay in bed for, you know, eight hours, nine hours a night. Um, and, you know, whether I sleep the whole time or not is, you know, you know, that just depends on the night. But typically I'm getting six to seven and a half hours solid sleep with the mask uninterrupted. And then I'll lay there for another hour or two and then without the mask kind of go in and out, I guess. Yeah. I've, um, I, I have like sleep issues and, and I, my wife keeps telling me like, just set up an appointment, go see about the mask or whatever. And I've lost some weight. Like I was in the two sixty range and I'm, I'm shorter than you too. So, um, it's a good amount of mass for my frame. And I was struggling bad, dude, like not sleeping well, waking up a lot. And I've lost a little bit of weight, but it's still like, I don't, I don't sleep great. And she's like, just get over yourself and go do it. And I need to, man. And everybody I talk to is like, it's a game changer. So. It's life changing, dude. Like, uh, it, sleeping on your back is a hundred percent impossible, especially at our size. Um, you just choke the whole time. But wearing a CPAP, you lay down on your back and you sleep the whole night like a baby. Um, my wife says she doesn't even hear me at all anymore when I'm wearing a mask. So she sleeps better. Um, I wake up feeling way better. Uh, I don't get the arm. Like I sleep, I'm a side sleeper naturally. It's how I want to sleep. And my arms fall asleep every night. I'm waking up, shaking yeah. my arm out. Like that's that's not good for you. That's damage. It causes nerve damage. It's, uh, if you sleep on it too long, you really fuck it up. Uh, not that long ago, like maybe two or three weeks ago, I slept. No, it was actually a little longer than that. But anyways, I slept on my right arm a little too long, and it was asleep, asleep. And I stretched my arm out in the middle of the night to help me blood in it, and my bicep cramped. And I thought I tore my fucking bicep. It, you know, a, a drained bicep that cramped. It did not feel good. It was sore for you know three or four days after. So I was just like, okay, all right, got to get the mask on. Got to stay on my back. Stop rolling over onto my side. Because it's just, um, I don't know, not worth it. I, I, you know, I, I didn't see personally, but I heard. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. 
agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Brian Shaw recently had some issues with sleeping on his arm and got all kinds of nerve damage and things. So, um, you know, just hearing things like that is just another reason to wear it. But, uh, it, you know, body weight size is kind of, body weight's kind of irrelevant. It's based on the person, the size of their throat. And yeah. How well throat can stay open, your lungs will work. So, man, I can tell you, dude, you should try it. You should get a sleep app. And, you know, we have beards. Um, I can't wear a full mask. I'm extremely claustrophobic anyways. I can't wear a full mask even if I wanted to. Um, it, you know, if, even if it did seal properly, because I just, I'm way too claustrophobic. So the one I wear is just nasal only. The little hose that comes out of there will wrap around the back of your head. It's super uninvasive. I still can open my mouth to breathe out of my mouth, and then, uh, but I will breathe out of my nose the whole night uh, with the, with that in. Maybe I'll fall asleep kind of mouth breathing, but then I'll you know switch to those yeah. or out of my nose because <clears throat> it just forces the air in. Yeah. But I'm telling you, dude, it's uh, it's amazing, man. It's, it really is. I didn't hit uh, when I first got on my CPAP was probably like five years ago or so. I didn't hit REM sleep for probably 10, 12 years prior. Jeez. Um, when I woke up, it was like uh, it was felt like I was on drugs. Like I, I just was, I've never felt like that. It was amazing. And then um, the first two weeks of wearing a CPAP when I first got on it, I peed the bed every night because I wasn't used to hitting REM sleep, and I wouldn't get up to go pee. I would just pee in my dreams. Oh, and uh, you know, my wife loved that definitely. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so but uh, I mean, it's the truth. That's what happened. You know, uh, it's crazy on uh, how how much you know, you're hurting your health by not sleeping. And, yeah. uh, you know, you see all these bodybuilders dying. Um, it's no secret why uh, people are just too large um, for the amount of oxygen in the air. And, you know, you, you lack of oxygen over time creates heart problems. It's all from steroids and things like that. So uh, I'm not uh, immune to these kind of things happening to me. Uh, so, again, it just kind of put things in perspective. It makes me want to take my health a little more serious. And wearing the CPAP is the, probably the greatest, easiest thing you can do to improve your health. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're listening, fellas, do it. I need to do it too. And um, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it's always the exact same story as what you said, man. Anytime I talk to a guy who's a power lifter, strongman, or or bodybuilder or whatever, they're like, "Dude, it changed my life." Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I need I need to do it. But um, you brought up you know bodybuilders dying and and um, all of that stuff that's been going on lately. I think we're on the heels of what Sean Roden passed away. Right before that, it was. Uh, God, what's his name? George uh, Peterson, George Peterson. The uh, I forget what his Instagram was, but he was he was like a, a 212 competitor, really high ranked dude, and it's just been like one after the other. Several many. There's been a lot of lower level ones that yeah are, to the social media media. You know what I mean? They a little more underground, but yeah, there's been a lot. A, a ton. It seems like even even more than normal. Um, what what do you think that is? I mean, do you think it's gear or do you think it's more like the the ancillary stuff like diuretics and stuff that, that they use since it does look like it's bodybuilders or is it do you see power lifters as well and we're just not hearing about it no um at least not to my knowledge it doesn't mean none have died but it's definitely not a a widespread thing like it is in the bodybuilding community uh i, don't, I would think that you would be delusional or not think it's not drugs um they're just yeah. running way more drugs now um, way higher doses, maybe different compounds uh, that probably that didn't exist, you know, in the eighties and nineties. So there's a trembolone's been abused uh, real high recently. Um, that could be a big factor. I don't know 
how big they used that back in the day. I, I haven't heard, I, I don't believe they used it a ton. Um, also growth hormone and IGF insulin. These kind of things are abused at a level that were never abused before. There's also, uh, you know, myelhattin inhibitor, uh, inhibitors, uh, Holostatin 344, things like that, that they're doing that, you know, that's how um, Ronnie, uh, not Ronnie Coleman, he was kind of, I'm sure he used all these as well, but not, not to the extent of like Big Rami and, uh, you know, Dallas Carver and, you yeah. know, guys like that that are just, again, I'm, this is speculation, guys. Um, this is just my opinion. I don't have a definitive answer to any of these. But again, that's kind of what I'm thinking. It has something to do with that. I think that the standard of bodybuilding has been raised to a different level of size. So everyone's larger. And that's probably the main reason. I really think that the drugs and all that are, are gnarly. But if they were smaller people, it wouldn't be as hard on the body. So right. I think that, you know, it's like anything. Like powerlifting, a thousand pound raw squat was, didn't exist up until Andre Mahalachev did it which was not that long ago, like maybe six years ago, five years ago. Um, after Andre did it, boom, a bunch of us had done it right after. Bop, bop, bop. Now there's like 10, 15 guys who have done that. Why? Because we've seen it could be done. So we're like, okay, no, it's it's possible. Keep pushing. Um, same thing with body size. When you start seeing, when you go to a you know an NPC show and um, you know there's a 260-pound peel dude on stage, it's like, shit, that's the standard. I got to get bigger. And that may or may not be the case. I'm just throwing numbers out there. But um, you know what I mean? Guys are yeah. bigger, so guys are knowing they need to get bigger. Yeah. And I was when I was driving over again, I was thinking about stuff I wanted to ask you. And, um, you know, kind of along those lines, like, obviously, in the powerlifting community, we've seen people that just keep pushing the numbers. Obviously, you know, Dylan Hellraiser did the 1,900 and then you've got guys like Larry who are just freaks of nature and, and all of this. And um, what what do you think like the human potential is? Like, do you think that a human could conceivably get to like a 3000 pound total one day? Or do you think we've basically gotten to where we're going to get? No, I think it can keep going. You have to understand the talent pool powerlifting. Very, very minimal. Yeah. Huge to us. You know, we think it's so big. Um, because we're in it, but it's it's not yeah, at all. Now that there's more and more money involved, there's more and more freaks coming out. The Thomas Davises, the uh, you know Krills, um, just all these mutants that are just huge and just stronger than fuck. Genetically gifted, Dylan Hellraiser. Uh, I I lifted it for you know twelve years to get to my to my highest. It took Dylan Hellraiser two and a half years to uh, beat my total. So that was wild, dude. Yeah, it's you know, like everyone has a ceiling. You know, some guys' the ceiling is way up here. You you could be this dude doing everything right, nutrition, sleep, eat, gear, training, everything's fucking perfect. And you hit your ceiling right here. There's a dude that sits on the couch and smokes weed all day and plays video games and he's gonna fucking just beat you by showing up because his potential is so much higher than yours. And then imagine when you get all those other things dialed, the numbers go up. So imagine when there's meets that it's a hundred thousand dollars price pool that you're going to win uh, it's uh, you know a half a million dollars it's you're going to get these monsters that play in the nfl where there's real money and they're going to start you know focusing on three lifts in the gym where chance of injury is way minuscule compared to the chance of injury in the nfl yeah and they can make that kind of money you're going to get these guys coming out with you know 13 1400 pound squats of uh, 70 800 pound bench presses you know, a thousand pound raw deadlifts. I, I, I'm not kidding. It's going to happen. Um, you know, if I would have said, you know, 10 years ago that there was going to be a guy, multiple people with 2,500 pound raw and wrap totals, like, no, it's not. What are you talking about? 
2,300 barely has been done. You got to get to 2,400 first. Okay. Well, that came pretty quick. And then the next one came pretty quick. And now you have Daniel Bell doing 2,600 pound totals. Yeah. So it's not, the genetic potential has not been reached. Talent pool is not even close to being large enough to assume anything near that. I think 3,000 pound totals seems crazy to us because it's multiplied. We've seen that done, but I think we're going to see it done raw. I think the numbers can even go beyond, you know, who knows what the human body can do. It's, um, we don't know, that's for sure. It's it's so crazy, man. It, and the genetics of strength always really, like, perplex me, right? Because, like, when you look at bodybuilding, it's pretty clear when, when dudes are genetic freaks, right? Like, even if you look at somebody like Larry, obviously a genetic freak in terms of his physique and how he looks. But then when you start to t- talk about people who are just genetically more strong, like, what is that? Is that just bone density and tendons and, you know, like, all these different factors come together. That's always blown me away how, you know, like even in like high school, there was dudes who could just squat 400 pounds, you know, like no training. They just could do it. And um, human strength has always been like fascinating to me. So I always think about like, where the hell can we end up one day? You know, so I was curious your thoughts on that. That's pretty cool. I like, I've always preached, um, you know, I'm not unique because other people say it as well, but genetics are everything in powerless, you know, <laughs> strength, I don't give a fuck. Who you are, what you've done, what, what your work ethic is. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What uh, access to finances you have to buy the best this and that and whatever else. It's all about genetics, man. It really is. Because you're, if you're five foot two, walking around at 130 pounds, you're not going to be a world champion powerlifter. You might be maybe for a weight class, that's possible, but who the hell cares? Um, if you're not large, <laughs> if you're not over 275, you know, you're probably wearing a skirt anyways. Um, oh, so it, it's just, uh, the, it's all about genetics. Because you know, there's dudes who, like you said, don't work out, don't train, don't do anything, and then we'll shout up, just show up and squat 400 pounds. And that's on the low end. Like you're talking about high school. There's, there's guys that will squat six, 700 pounds without training. Um, and that takes some people their entire lifting career to reach. Yeah, so, um, even yeah, chicks, you know, even females, like female lifters, even these days, like are wild, you know, like, um, Casey on, on Instagram pulling like, you know, 600 pounds or whatever. Um, plus it's just wild. And, and she doesn't look like, I mean, she looks like a, you know, she's a good looking chick and it's just like right. the, the strength factor is just insane. It's, it always just blows me away. I'm like, you look like this other human, but you're just way stronger. Like how, how does that even work? Like when you look at Larry, he looks like a bodybuilder, but he's just fucking strong as hell. So it's it's cool, man. And it's weird to me that we are progressing like this in strength sports while at the same time on the other end, 
it's basically become normalized that like masculinity is, is a terrible thing in society. You know, it's weird. It is odd. Um, it's very odd. I mean, it's well, yeah, we're, we're, we're the fringe, you know what I mean? We're, um, you know, I'm, I got into powerlifting for a reason. I don't like the other gay shit that they do that, you know, but I just, I'm not into it. You know, I'm not into the mainstream yeah. uh, approach to any of it. Uh, I'm more underground. Uh, you know, I look a certain way, act a certain way. Um, just different. And, uh, you know, the mainstream is definitely pushing this weird agenda, this anti-male agenda. And uh, I don't know, it, it's fucked up. Cause you know, you have women now that are having to compete with men and uh, you know, it, it's just, it's crazy. I, I would never think that we'd be having this conversation. You know, I really uh, respect what the USAPL did there. Uh, you know, you're going to be competing in the, you know, the gender that you were born uh, as opposed to what the USPA is doing where you're competing, whatever it says on your ID, you can put whatever the fuck you want on your ID nowadays. We know that. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like what's happening, but, um, you know, it's kind of the big reason why I took a big step back from the powerlifting world. Um, recently I just, uh, I just don't like where it's going. Um, but I think that's with growth. That's what happens with a lot of things. The more mainstream they become, the more they get that mainstream influence. And, uh, you know, luckily arm wrestling's in an infancy stage. It's been around forever, but it's, uh, it's in terms of growth, COVID really made it pick up. Everyone's sitting at home uh, watching YouTube. Yeah. So, um, you know, you don't really have that in arm wrestling yet. You see a little bit of it here and there online. And you're like, fuck, man, I hope that shit doesn't infect this sport, too. And the reality is it probably will. You know what I mean? Over time. Yeah. Um, probably, probably man. Uh, we lost a lot of uh, funny influencers in the powerlifting community that, you know, hands are tied. You can't post what they want to post and be themselves anymore because they don't. Uh, you know, follow a certain agenda, and you know, you see guys in arm wrestling right now who I, 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 I'm new to the arm wrestling community, so I follow these guys now. And I see this shit they post, and it, it's hilarious, it's bonkers. But I'm like, man, you would never get away with that powerlifting. They would fucking crucify you if you said something like that. They would uh, boycott you, tell you wouldn't let you ban, ban you from federations. Um, you know, they would do whatever they can. You know what I mean? And uh, it's crazy, but um, hopefully, arm wrestling at least. Gives me a good five year run before that bullshit happens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the uh, you mentioned like in the powerlifting community, they're censoring social media and stuff a lot. I, is that like like what kind of content? Like just talking about difference between oh, sexes. Oh, no, censoring. Um, it's no like art, like powerlifting community person that's handled that's doing that. It's you see people get attacked for saying certain things or uh, oh. you know, believing certain things, and then. You're like, fuck, I don't want that to be me. So I'm just yeah. not even going to post this funny fucking thing I was about to say or do this thing that I usually do or whatever else, you know. And But it's, it's true. It's, uh, it's just unique to part of it. It's with anything that's growing. It's yeah. getting uh, in, infiltrated with this weird ideology. But who knows? All I know is that it's not quite in power or in arm wrestling yet. So it's a breath of fresh air. But I'd have to be lying if I didn't say anything that was coming. Yeah, woke powerlifting. So you'd be like, I just identify as as squatting eleven hundred pounds. Right, right. Well, it's funny when the USBA made that announcement. I remember um, some like jacked ass black dude made a video because I identify as a woman. Hits all three lifts. He goes, I'm the new all time world record holder. It was hysterical. I was yeah. laughing. Yeah. But I was like, okay, according to your standards, you have to recognize it, right? So it's, I don't know. It's silly to me. It really is. It is. I don't it, it's wild and it's like i've got a daughter so you know this stuff really i'm like i'm thinking about like what the world she's gonna have to grow up in like when she's in school is she gonna be like competing against 
someone like me, you know, trying to play sports, like that's not cool. You know, it's, it's or just. Or Hill or you know, there's a lot yeah. of things, you know. What? Yeah, it sucks, man. It really does. But all we can do is just keep talking about it and speaking up. I mean, you know, they, they do, they did delete my Instagram account, but that's okay. I'll just keep doing it. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's, I, you know, with, I kind of, you know, toe the line a little on Instagram and I pulled back and I still centered a lot of funny things I like to say and things like that. Just, people can't handle a joke instead of unfollowing and changing the channel. They want you not to exist. Yeah. Um, which, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's kind of where it's at. You know? um, but again, I'm, I don't, I don't engage with the people on social media anymore like that. I'm, I completely ignore it. I'm so over it. It's just everywhere. It's all we yeah. see. It's all yeah. everyone talks about. I'm fucking done with it. At least I'm done having a conversation with people I don't care about with it. So when uh, someone wants to challenge me on something, I'm just like blocked. I don't. I really don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um. You know, you're not gonna buy my product. Uh, mailman just got here. All my dogs are nuts. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not buying my product. You're not supporting me. You're just trying to cause problems. So uh, it just became easy to uh, just I isolate myself from that kind of stuff. I just don't talk to them anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't respond to it. But I do it. I do it a lot more. Me something positive or uh, worry about training or anything like that. I do my best to respond to everybody. But when people just start asking me about my political beliefs, which I don't post about on social media for a reason, because I'm not, you're not following me for my political beliefs. I'm not interested in yours. I'm not interested in forcing mine on you. So, you know, don't fucking ask me about it. You yeah. know what I mean? But, you know, that's just, uh, sometimes I change my mind and sometimes I get into it. I just try not to. Yeah, it's tough, man. I, I try to, I bite my tongue a lot more these days too, just because, you know, at the end of the day, you're not changing anybody's mind. You know, you're not going to, you're just wasting your time. And if, if you take your time to respond to them, they've won, you know, they took your time away from you, you know, or they're so, not even going to read it. Right, right. That, yeah, it's just, it's, that's very true. Um, uh, I, there was something I was going to ask you about. Oh yeah. So with, with arm wrestling, um, like how did how did that come about? Like is that because it seems like it's just kind of come out of nowhere where you start I, and I don't know if it was like just seeing some of the influencers start to get into it or whatever, but it's like all of a sudden arm wrestling is a thing, and I'm like, dude, we used to do that in high school for fun, but like I didn't even realize it's an actual sanctioned thing. It's like a big deal internationally. Yeah, you know, it's it's big. It, it really is. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun too because it's like. Um, Best way to describe it, it's like jujitsu for their hand and wrist, um, hmm. you know, and it's a strength sport. But uh, you know, even in jujitsu, the stronger guy, they're equally skilled, is going to win. Um, same thing in arm wrestling. Uh, it's uh, definitely a technique sport, but if you're equal in technique, it comes down to strength. Who's stronger? So um, that's probably why it's grown, just because it's it's uh, you know, and it's it's grown for a lot of reasons. It's grown because everyone was locked in their fucking house playing on YouTube. I'm, yeah. I'm not even exaggerating. That's how I really started getting into watching online. I've known of arm wrestling for, you know, five or six years now. They're at uh, all the expos, all the big expos. Um, I have a couple of friends that are pros. I've watched them pull and things like that. I, I thought, you know, maybe one day I'd get into it. There's no way I even care about it now. I'm, you know, trying to bench 600 pounds. I'm not, I don't want to fucking arm wrestle. We, you know, we were talking about. So, uh, but now that I'm done with, you know, powerlifting in terms of at the highest level, it just seems natural. You know, it's a strength sport, like I said. So I already have an advantage over a lot of people because I have, you know, 20 years of, you know, weight training under my belt. So I got strength. I don't have strength in particular areas like you do in, in arm wrestling, but those will come with time as I learn. 
And, um, yeah, that's how I got into it. And it's just, uh, I think more and more guys, when they get hurt or you know, get older and kind of get bored of their sport or something like that, they, they're going to jump in. Or, you know, arm wrestling's not, like I said. It, As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not at the highest level, so I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, I'm for you're at the highest level arm wrestling. It's not as hard as the highest level power because I don't fucking know. I haven't been to the highest yeah. level of arm wrestling. Yeah. Not even fucking close. And it's just getting but harder, I'm, I'm sure. Right like, it's just the right, sport right. is advancing. Before, so, Yeah, but where I'm at right now, you can do both. You know what I mean? If you're a, 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 you know, a fucking, uh, what do you call them, like a, a, a hobby power lifter, like you just like doing meets once a year. It's not your whole life. You know, you still work a nine to five and you do, um, you know, work out, you know, four days a week and you do powerlifting meets here or there. You could easily do arm wrestling on top of doing that kind of thing too. It's, you know, now if your goal is to, you know, squat a thousand pounds, things like that. Of course, you can't really simultaneously do them both at a high level or do one at a high level, one at a level. You just focus on one or the other, right? Yeah. But uh, it's a cool sport that you can do while doing other sports. It's not too demanding. Um, and longevity is huge. You know, one of the best arm wrestlers in the world, you know, to ever pull and to be alive still currently is John Verzink, who has a, one of the hugest matches coming up on the same card that I'm like, well, I'm on the same card as him, I would rather say. <laughs> um, versus Devin Lorette, and uh, he's 57 years old. And, um, you know, so if I could, you know, be a 57 year old arm wrestler and still be able to play a sport for fun and getting recognition and getting paid for it and things like that, yeah, why the hell not? You know, yeah. that's uh, one of Larry's main reasons why, or I don't, I don't want to say the main, but uh, or speak for him, but he said he loves the idea of arm wrestling because he can be, you know, 40, 50 years old, still arm wrestling. And, um, you know, it's not something that's going to like destroy his career or his body or anything. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I was gonna ac- actually ask about um, what is it, Devin, Devin Larat, Devin Larat. Yeah, um, because I was thinking about arm wrestling and like what what does make somebody good, right? Because it seems like he is, you know, he doesn't have a ton of mass, but he's got like huge hands and like long arms. Is it more about that, or is it like what 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 gives people the advantage? Um, and then how do you think you stack up versus Larry, considering that stuff? So, um, yeah, Devin's built like an orangutan. Yeah. Uh, I met Devin in 2019. That's like what he's 
that the 2018 is when I dove into this shit head first. And that was when having having Devin Larry at my gym for an arm wrestling practice. And I and Eric's photo calls me and he's like, Hey, you gotta come down to practice tonight because you know the guys are all practicing at my gym. I, I just wasn't really into it, you know. I would just go there and drink beer and hang out, you know, and talk shit. And <laughs> Eric's photo's like, No, you gotta you gotta come down to practice. One of the best arm wrestlers alive is coming in tonight. You gotta meet him. And you know, fucking, you know, uh I you know, I'm I want to meet, you know, the best at anything in the world. You can be the best frisbee thrower and I'd be, you know, interested in meeting you. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Um, absolutely. so yeah, the best arm wrestler in the world. Sure, I'd love to meet this guy. So he walks in the gym and he's six foot six, his knuckles drag on the floor, <laughs> just built like fucking or anything. He's got these, you know, giant forms, and I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm like, oh Spoto, you can kill that guy, right? That's not even a match for you. And Eric Spoto's like, no. Yeah. He's like, that guy destroyed me. I'm like, what? So I'm like, you're kidding. And, um, you know, I just got to meet Devin. He's such an ambassador for the sport. He's so funny and easy to talk to and get along with. He takes his time to talk to everybody and help you out. So um, I was like, wow, man, if this is one of the top guys in the sport. This is definitely something I can get behind. This guy's cool as hell. And then, you know, you learn more and more, and I watch more and more videos and I find out really who Devin is and find out how great he really is. And I'm like, wow, I'm honored to even know the guy, you know, even call him a friend. So uh, he, he's, um, he's a great guy. So, Devin is so good. Uh, again, everyone has different reasons why. And uh, this is me as a newbie arm wrestler in my analysis. Devin is just amazing with his uh, adversity. He's able to change. In arm wrestling, there's so many different ways to arm wrestle, or three main different ways. But people that don't know and have a you know a naked eye to it won't know what I'm talking about. But most guys are kind of really good at their one move, whether it's a top roll, whether it's a hook, or whether it's a press. And they typically beat with people with that move and that's kind of all they really go to where Devin is equally as good and the best in the world, you know, at top of the world at all three of them. And, you know, he's got a Kings move as well. And uh, he's just uh, so versatile. He can do so much. And uh, his endurance is amazing, you know, and that's the main reason why Devin wins matches because uh, he just outlasts everybody and smashes people. Um, but, uh, you know, there's other guys with short arms, compact arms that just hook pull real crazy and real strong and, have amazing side pressure and win like that. There, there's so many attributes. You can't really say which one is the best. Uh, I always think that, you know, at least in my personal opinion, a bigger hand helps a lot because it's harder to hang on to and you can kind of control the match more. Um, the Eastern Europeans and stuff like that, they dominate in arm wrestling. And one of the main differences between them and our American arm wrestlers is uh, hand strength. Their hands are phenomenal, whether they train it more seriously or from a younger age or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that seems to be the difference so the stronger your hand the bigger your hand the better you seem to do hmm. uh i think uh me versus larry is going to be very interesting like i said larry has a little bit more experience in terms of time he's obviously worked with better people he has uh he's got you know the spot in dubai and he's got all those guys coming out there and working with him and um you know wanting to get on his youtube channel and shit like that so <laughs> he's uh you know i don't know he, he's definitely uh i think he might be he might have better training than me in terms of coaching maybe i think i like to think i picked it up a little bit better um we pull with different styles uh it's going to be interesting to see who wins i don't know i have i really don't i obviously i believe i'm going to win this i just want to see it happen i want to be on the table i have a few ideas on how i'm going to do it um i, I don't know i just don't see larry having very much stamina and very much gas mind you we're doing the best out of six okay so uh and then if there if a tiebreaker is needed for a seventh there will be so this could be, you know, quick one, two, three, you know, or four, and then it's over. Or it could be, um, could be a long battle. And uh, obviously endurance is going to play a role in the later rounds. 
I think Larry might have a little bit more horsepower. Um, he's got a little more strength, but I would be lying if I said I was worried about him in terms of endurance. I have particularly good endurance in arm wrestling, which is interesting considering I've been a horsepower guy my whole life. Yeah, so, that is interesting. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. I'm excited. It's December 11th. Can't wait. We go to Dubai, I think December 5th, and then um, come back like on the 13th. Me and Larry will do a workout video together after. Um, yeah, dude, I, I can't wait for this. It's going to be interesting to see. And of course, you know, we don't get a grip up like in the back, in a backyard or in a gym under regular circumstance. It has to be at the biggest event, a pay-per-view at that. <laughs> that's going to be watched by so many people. It's so wild. That is cool. But uh, I thrive under pressure. So, yeah. And, and it's cool because it's like after having power lifted for so long, it's competitive, but it's an individual journey right like it's you up there on the platform and the weights but this is like you and another human face to face so it's it's got yeah man it's got to be i i would be a little more nervous going into something like that just because it's like you and another human a bunch of people watching you know 100 percent. yeah like powerlifting you know what you can do you did the training yeah you've done it all you've done the math you know where you're at you know what numbers you're gonna hit you know what you're gonna open with I know, I'm like, all right, if I have a perfect day, this is what my total is going to be. If I don't have a sex perfect day, this is where my total is going to be. You kind of know, right? Like, yeah. Of course, there's a, a, a screwball can get thrown at any moment, but for the most part, you know. And arm wrestling, you have no fucking clue. I have, we don't have any idea. We, we can see what we lift in the gym. Okay, that that's not. Of course, it helps and it, it can play a factor, but that's not on the table. It, it's uh, there's just no way of measuring it until you get on the table because certain moves counter other moves, like. Let's just say A could be B, B could be C, and C could be A, but they can't go the other way around right. just because the way that their moves work against each other. So I, I'm excited. I really yeah. am. I, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't see me losing it, but again, it could, it could happen. It could definitely fucking happen. Well, either way, it's going to be awesome to watch, so I'm stoked to right. stoked to watch it. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's really cool. So that's going on, you said December 11th, right? And it's going to yes, be sir. pay-per-view, like a live stream? people can yeah it's on a uh, core sports the same okay. it's the same uh federation that did uh you know half war and devin Lawrence boxing match oh yeah um <laughs> yeah yeah so coresports.com i believe or maybe it's .net. I, I had to look it up but um yeah it's uh it's a pay-per-view uh larry did really well on his first event king of the table one this is king of the table two obviously there was so much success in the first one he's doing another one and plans on doing a lot more Dude. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's expecting a big viewership. You got Devin Lorette on the card with, you know, John Brzezink, got Ermy. You got some big Europeans arm wrestling. Uh, That's sweet. Uh, That's going to be cool, man. Be awesome. I'm stoked. I Like, one of my favorite movies when I was younger was Over the Top. You know, the Great movie. Yeah, dude. You got to do the thing where you turn the hat around right before you start. <laughs> I definitely will. Yeah, for sure. I'll go up there. I'll go out there with a MAGA hat on and I'll fucking yeah. right? <laughs> Dude, yeah, especially right there in Dubai. That'll go over great. Um, actually, I don't even know what they – they probably wouldn't care. Um, what about – like, so since it is a sanctioned, like there's a federation, all that, how do they approach drugs in arm wrestling? Or do they not uh, care? So it's it's uh, it's funny, yes. So there, there's no testing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, there may be federations in Europe that do uh, that yeah. I'm not aware of, but as far as I know, it's a non-tested um, thing. Um, the community is hysterical. They're like, I'm watching powerlifting when it first started blowing up online, where like guys were 
oh, he's on steroids or he's on steroids. That's why he's doing this. It's like such an infant mind state of uh, not understanding PEDs. Yeah. And, um, you know, such denial from other guys that they don't use it and things like that. And you're just like, what the fuck? It's kind of, you know, uh, I don't want to name anyone in the bodybuilding world, but, you know, remember like early 2000s, late 2000 or 2010s, it was just like the norm to deny it. And then you have these people who are clearly gassed the fuck up. Yeah. Still to this day denying it. When it's so obvious, you can watch them fluctuate and know when they're on and off cycle. And it's like, all right, I guess they're they're just going to ride this one out until they die, you know, where in, you know, more currently in bodybuilding and powerlifting, it's more common. People just yeah. talk about it. They don't give a fuck. There's no secret, you know what I mean? Like, you're in all the, like we said, it's all genetic potential anyways. You're in all the drugs in the world. If you don't have the genetics to go with it, it doesn't matter. You're just killing yourself for no reason. You're not even going to get a big squat out of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, in arm wrestling, the people are so new to this. Mind you, not all arm wrestlers are, are, are athletes or like gym goers. They're just arm wrestlers, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, right. Um, you know, they don't, uh, fitness isn't a priority to them. So the, the students kind of seem taboo to them. They're like, what drugs, steroids? They have no idea what they're fucking talking about where they think like someone is on steroids and they, you know, go from like 160 pounds to 330 pounds of muscle. Like they, they just, uh, same <laughs> shit we saw in powerlifting. But, and then um, it's, it's funny too, because a lot of them are on steroids and they think that, well, no, those guys are on special steroids. That's why they are the way they are. And like, no, dude, same yeah. thing, same shit as you. He actually cares about his diet though. And, does cardio and trains hard and you know they don't they don't get it but um and yeah i'm not speaking about every arm wrestler i'm just talking about the general senses of the community this right. is what i'm gathering when you watch the you know all the arm wrestling groups i'm part of on facebook and shit and you see the bantering back and forth it's so comical it's they're just like little i'm like oh my god you get such dumb little kids yeah dude. Coming, i'm like watching powerlifting 2005 well yeah because for for us it's like such a normal part of what you know the community and and um I mean, right. even even here in in the gym where I train, just normal gym goer dudes are like on test and you know, take on TRT and it's just so normal. I don't know anyone that isn't. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. It's really crazy how much it's changed, like in the last five to ten years. You know, because like I used to listen to your podcast with Andy, and one of the things I really appreciated about it was how open you guys were about gear because it was just a breath of fresh air because like you were saying, there's all these other dudes online who were just in straight up denial or just wouldn't talk about it. And it's like, man, we all know, you know, everybody knows that. And, and so we're all just going to lie to each other. And you got young kids who, who are just left to just wonder and, and uh, they're going to experiment and mess themselves up, you know, just or even with the women now getting bigger into it and, Women that, you know, they're a lot more open now, but we know women that claim Natty that are not Natty by yeah. any stretch I, of the imagination. I just take Anavar. I mean, that, that shows the other girls like, oh, I don't want to work out on powerlifting and look, work hard because I'm going to look like her. Like, yeah. no, that chick's on a ton of fucking gear, dude. Yep. You're not going to look like her. Don't trip. And, uh, you know, it's just a misconception where um, you know, now it's just more open. People more you know, tell the truth about it. And maybe that's a good thing or it's a bad thing. I don't know. Maybe it encourages more people to do it. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not sure. I just know people are going to do it either way. Yeah. So might as well be honest about it, you know, and I, I definitely have a lot of, I, I, I don't respect people that do it and then bash it. That's, oh, you know, you're trash in my opinion. Yep, you can't respect you on any level, you know, in any aspect of life, if that's the kind of person you are. Um, But if you're someone that just doesn't talk about it and avoids the topic, okay, I don't, that doesn't bother me because um, there could be other reasons you might, maybe you 
you've had a divorce and there's a custody issue with a kid that people don't know about and the ex-wife can use that against you. Yeah. Um, maybe they're, I, I'm just, you know, thinking of, you know, off the top of my head of circumstance yeah. where or like sponsors, I'd be like, yeah, no, I get it. Keep your mouth shut, man. You got you know, bigger things to worry about than just, you know, being honest about your PED. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and cause most people, it, it's so misunderstood too, you know, it's cause like I, when I started being just completely open on, on my, on the podcast and on my social media and stuff, like some of my wife's friends were like, we're really worried about Dave, you know, he's, he's using steroids. Like, does he have anger issues? And it's like, she's like, he's been using them for years and he's the nicest right. dude. Right. Like it, people just don't get it, man. They, they picture like the old, like Latimer from the program at Roid rage and, <laughs> and breaking everything, which, you know, when, sometimes when every guy in that weight room was on gear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Was the only one they yeah, exactly. Um, but right. you know, trend sometimes will have you feeling that like that in, in bad traffic, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Stay away from trend. Trend is horrible, man. I don't, that's one thing I don't ever recommend to anybody. Yeah, you don't that's mess with it, reason. right? I think I've heard no. you say before that you don't mess with it. No way. I don't want anything to do with that shit, bro. That's the uh, relationship killer. That makes yeah. you irrational uh, mentally. And then plus, just for what I do, um, you know, in terms of strength sports, it makes your muscles stronger than what your tendons can handle, and it dries them out so they're super susceptible to injury. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's just not not community. And then you know, sleep is very, very important to me. Uh, you know, I follow the vertical diet and one of the main things that stand for me focuses on is sleep and recovery. So sleep's huge for me. Um, I'm not, uh, interested in taking a drug that inhibits your sleep, which trend 100% does. Yeah. So, uh, get the fuck away from that shit, man. There's way, way more milder compounds that can get you very similar results. Just clean up your diet a little more and, um, you know, get off the fast food and you won't need the trend. What, um, how does does drug like protocol differ between powerlifting and bodybuilding in general? Okay, well, Not bodybuilding. Oh, I'm sorry. Bodybuilding? Pa- powerlifting and arm wrestling. Sorry, I didn't mean right. to say bodybuilding. Um, so different. Uh, old, okay. So different for sure. Um, I was amazed at the levels that guys were running when I first got into arm wrestling. Talking really? to some of the guys, I was like, really? I'm like, you're taking all that for arm wrestling because you know arm wrestling is more of a tendon strength type sport that yeah. takes time to build up and of course the muscles complement it but they're not the primary factor you know what i mean as in you know powerlifting so at first of all, i was amazed i was like wow man these guys are running serious compounds for arm wrestling that's serious i didn't expect that you know and then um as i get into it i realized like uh it's definitely not as abused as hard as it is in powerlifting uh, but uh people are still running pretty high numbers now in terms of what the goals are, are different for sure. Cause in, you know, powerlifting, my goal is to be as big and bloated as possible. Um, Cause that's going to allow me to handle more weight safely and re- re- minimize my chance of injury um, with all the water retention and things like that. So you're going to take drugs that promote that kind of thing. So where in arm wrestling, a pump is the worst thing that can happen to you. That's uh really you know, your match is over when your hand or arm gets pumped. It's, it's oh, a rock, yeah. you know? Yeah. That makes so sense. Getting a pump uh, in arm wrestling, is, is not what you want so you know those uh androgens and those orals that um make you swell up and make you real fucking strong and good at powerlifting uh they're not going to help you in arm wrestling i mean hmm. unless you just blow through the guy and you never get into a battle with him sure you know but if you get in any kind of battle that hand's going to blow up that arm's going to blow up your wrist and you're going to be you know a noodle up there the guy the other guy's going to be toying with you so um doses this should reflect that at least for me uh much much less yeah. Um, and then the compounds are different. Uh, VAR is a great one. 
just because of the collagen rebuild properties and things like that with it. Um, but uh, As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's, I think less is more in arm wrestling. So yeah. that's encouraging as well. Because uh, I don't want to be a pincushion for the rest of my life. Right. Like for, it was in powerlifting. Yeah, for longevity, for sure. That VAR gives me ridiculous pumps, man. I don't know if it's just me or, or whatever, but like they're some of the best pumps I get is from that compound. But Right, if you're running 100 milligrams, right? But if you're yeah, running, you know, true, 20. True, true. I do. So, I, or not that, right. not quite that high, but yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're up there, right? So that's what I mean. Uh, yeah, just, that makes uh, sense. Quantity is going to reflect. I mean, even if you're running 20 milligrams of D ball, you're pumping up. Oh, dude. Um, 20 yeah. Manowar, not so much. Uh, so that's kind of what I mean by that. Yeah. So if somebody wants to get into arm wrestling, like what, how, I don't, I wouldn't even know how to approach it. Like, do you just look up like local arm wrestling? Like, or do you just start training at home and find a buddy or something that'll, that'll arm wrestle you or? So the number one step I would say would be like get on Facebook and join okay. a local team and try to, you know, ask someone to, um, here's a shameless plug for Devin, but armbet.net and then uh, armbet is an app, which is a social media app for arm wrestling. So, um, cool. you download this app armbet and then you make a profile and everything like that. And then it'll, you know, use your GPS locator and then it'll show you other people on that app in your area. And then you can go on there and message them and like challenge them to a match and invite them to practice. That's cool. Um, you know, that find people that way. That's a really cool tool that uh, is very new, which is helping arm wrestling grow. In fact, whenever I travel, whenever I go anywhere, I get on Armbet and I just start talking shit to locals. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they like start looking me up on Instagram like, holy fuck, dude, you're a powerlifter. I don't want to arm wrestle. And uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. We do that a lot. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think but you know, the best way to learn arm wrestling is to get with the team because you're going to have guys on the team that are more experienced that are going to teach you how to arm wrestle safely because arm wrestling, you can, you can break your arm. I mean, you can yeah. – you can break your arm in any, in any matter, even being as most safe as possible. You can still break your arm, right? It could happen, but there's ways that break way easier and ways that don't. So you get on a team with someone that's experienced. They're going to teach you how to arm wrestle safely. They're not going to break your fucking arm. They're going to teach you how to not to break your own arm. Um, and then they're going to, uh, you know, show you how to get better on the table. And then, you know, you can get on YouTube. You can follow my YouTube channel and see um, gym workouts to do to improve your arm wrestling uh, table strength. 
but nothing's better than table time. That's a given. But then obviously you can only be on the table so often. So then the gym would be secondary. Um, your first year of arm wrestling, you're going to get weaker every single practice. I promise you that. Uh, the tendon pain that you deal with and the conditioning it takes to adapt to that, it's going to take you about a year of solid work, maybe longer, maybe shorter, depending on the person and how they recover wow. and how much work they're actually putting in and how much effort they're doing with their recovery. But um, yeah, just know that for the first year, you're going to get weaker. I would go to practice every week and get weaker and weaker and weaker. I'm like, this is fucking stupid, man. And then um, I had a gyno surgery and took a four month break. And then came back onto it, and I felt like a, an iron wall because my arms were finally recovered. Oh, but man. then, uh, you know, just a couple practices, and my arms were right back to that broken down state. And then they take time to recover. Like, for example, right now, I'm extremely overworked. I've arm wrestled the past three weekends in a row. I've been doing two-a-day gym workouts for arms and hand strength. And uh, that's by design. You know, I'm four weeks out, so I'm exhausted. This is my last week of hard gym work. Um, the next two weeks will be very mild, light work letting my arms recover, um, promoting uh, blood flow. And then uh, the last week, I'll kind of just be big chilling, waiting for my match with Larry. Uh, similar to powerlifting peaking, uh, maybe a little more time off the, um, you know, the specific movements, just because uh, you know, you when you're arm wrestling, you'd be applying pressure a certain way they can change and you know, add 80 pounds of pressure a different way. And that shit tears up your arms, man. Yeah. It's brutal. There's no way to expect it coming and things like that. So... You can only, you know, I mean, me being a month out, I'm not going to get any stronger in a month, but I can be more recovered. So that's kind of right. where I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a legit prep going into this thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. What Very are, consuming. What about like? No booze, no booze okay. or blow for two months. Okay. That's what I was about to ask. Like, um, <laughs> what about cannabis? I mean, does that hurt arm wrestling at all or help or is it just doesn't matter? Because I mean, I, I'm I, a fan. It's, I, in my opinion, it can help. Obviously, it helps yeah. with recovery, inflammation, uh, relaxing. True. Um, yeah. Whatever keeps you at home chilling and not going out, uh, I think is a win. Yeah. So if this does that for you, maybe cannabis might be the right answer. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of bodybuilders who who smoke before they train. Oddly enough, they say it helps with like the mind muscle connection and stuff. Yeah, and uh, you know, arm wrestling, uh, uh, powerlifting, and bodybuilding are all different kind of workouts. Uh, I would never want to go into um, you know a, a big squat or deadlift oh, or bench work, uh, workout yeah. stone, but um, if I were going for a hypertrophy bicep workout, sure, you know what I mean. Getting a little blitz before might be fun. Yeah, man. But uh, again, it all just depends. Uh, so there's no like yes or no answer to that. It would just depend on the circumstance of what you're training. For sure. So what else, man? I know you own the gym still, right? You're doing coaching. Um, well, I don't anymore. I'm oh. a, well, I, yeah, I do the coaching, but I got out of the gym business during COVID. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I sold out a gym to Eric's photo and our other buddy, Eric. Uh, so to the Eric spot, the gym, Okay. my North, gym, yeah, the North gym, uh, I closed and moved into my garage. So I coach my clients out of my garage. I train out of my garage, I, uh, pretty nice. much never leave my house. Um, the uh, Eric's turned the, the gym they bought with me into Sin City Iron in Las Vegas. Um, okay. They put a ton of money into it. The gym is amazing. By far the best gym in Las Vegas. Uh, they did things that I wish I could have done, but I never would have done because I wasn't willing to take on that kind of debt. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it's top top notch gym in Vegas is uh, Sin City Iron. So if you're ever in Vegas, definitely check that place out. That's the old Filthy Power gym. You'll probably see some remnants of Filthy Power throughout it. But uh, it is Sin City Iron now. Okay, right on. Yeah, dude, I want to get out there. I'm, I'm definitely probably within the next year going to do a Vegas trip because my, 
my buddy goes out there all the time and he's always trying to get me to, to go with him, but I'll, uh, I'll hit you up when I'm out there. Um, Absolutely. What, so like moving forward, what's the future look like? Just going to keep doing the coaching, keep pursuing the arm wrestling, powerlifting still anything else? Yeah. So I've uh, really been working on growing my uh, YouTube following and uh, getting on there. Uh, you know, I, Instagram, you know, I do pretty well on it, but um, I, I like talking and I like uh, conveying my point on things. And on YouTube, I can do that a little more. I can show a lot more. Uh, I like uh, showing more of my training and things like that. They go into it where Instagram, I just kind of show you a clip. Yeah. With a big lip, kind of move on. Um, more clickbaity type thing, you know. Um, so I've been working on the YouTube. That's been growing well. I just got monetized. Uh, literally today, I got the email from YouTube today saying I was accepted in the partnership program. Sweet. So uh, I'll be working on that. You know, that channel is Brandon Allen Filthy Power. Same as my Instagram if you want to follow me or subscribe. Um, arm wrestling content, powerlifting movements, uh, you know, Q&As, live streams and things like that. You can ask me questions, I'll respond, nice. um, that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I think arm wrestling, I'm going to tackle hard. Uh, I, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, this match with Larry Wheels is going to catapult me and open a lot of opportunities for me, assuming I do well. Yeah, man. Um, so I'll probably be kind of chasing that dragon around, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think arm wrestling is kind of what I see in the near future, uh, that's for sure. I definitely feel an arm, uh, power can meet around the corner. I, um, as soon as this hip allows me to squat pain-free, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I would be doing one very soon right after this arm wrestling thing if my hip wasn't bothering me. So we'll see with a little bit more time off of the squats, see how the hip ends up turning out. Um, I've been getting cortisone injections and things like that. I know that's not helping to heal, but it's also allowing me to move more freely and Train. get more blood flow in there yeah. and things like that. So hopefully it mends up. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, mainly uh, coaching and then, uh, you know, powerlifting coaching. That's what I love to do. It's probably what I'll do forever. I love having my garage gym and coaching out of my garage. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I don't ever have to leave my house. I love it. Yeah, man. That, that does sound awesome. Um, I I, pre- I have a similar like my I have my little world like between my house and here at the studio. It's like that's all I I don't have to go anywhere else. And it's like the older I get, I'm down for that. You know, like totally. I'm, I'm totally down. Either that or out in the woods or on the river. That's about all I care to do. You know. Yeah, we're we're looking at property up in the Arizona mountains. It's about a you know Sick. hour and a half, two hour drive from our where we live currently. Because uh, mind you, we don't live in Las Vegas. We live out in a small city on the lake on Lake Mead called Boulder City. It's city that built the hoover dam okay um we're a real small little little spot out in the desert it's beautiful out here i love it um there's like sixteen thousand people as opposed to vegas two million uh but again um we want to go out further man i want to go out further and uh my wife uh you know she works in vegas and makes good money where she's at so that's kind of the only landlock thing we have i work yeah. on my phone and i can get clients anywhere i go it's not an issue but um, we're looking to we're looking to build a spot up in the mountains and maybe have it as a vacation home at first, and then maybe turn it into something a little bit more permanent in the future. Yeah, we'll see how things go. Uh, if YouTube takes off proper, you know, I can you know we can go wherever the fuck we want as long as we got internet service. And now with Starlink being available out in this area, that's a possibility. So, yeah, hell yeah, man, yeah, dude, YouTube is a tough nut to crack. At least for me, I don't know if it's because of my content and the stuff I talk about, but like, I mean, the podcast on spotify and apple and all that like does really well and youtube started like good like i was getting for me it was good like i was getting twenty thousand, thirty thousand views which that's not big by most people's standards but for you know i was like stoked with it now all of a sudden bro it's like 
I mean, my subscribers stopped, you know, it just leveled out and then all, my views just plummeted. And I'm like, I don't understand, you know, what, what the hell is going on? I mean, I'm monetized, but it's not making any money now because nobody's, <laughs> I'm not getting any views. And it's like, I don't, I just don't get right. it. I don't know if it's censorship or what, but like, it's a tough one, man. It's not like Instagram for me was easy as hell to grow. Like it was just like, you know, before they deleted my account, obviously, but in, right, right. YouTube is just like. You know, I'm cranking out content, but I like I don't know how to get it in front of more eyeballs. You know what I mean? Um, how have yeah, you grown you know, YouTube? YouTube? <laughs> YouTube is the land of collaboration. Um, okay. That's at least the way I've interpreted it. Uh, the more you collaborate, you share audiences with other people. That's how you grow. And um, right on. You know, it's you just it's it's not that hard in terms of uh, like you know, understand the concept, but it's doing the work and putting in the hours and traveling here or there because you got to get with these other people to get in front of their audience that's where it becomes tough you know um, yeah you know and it's perfect world i'd be at the larry wheel status where i just fly motherfuckers out wherever the hell you know like, hey like you know, that's the that's the king that's the big dog um that guy has but, you know, crushed you can, it man. you can do it at a low level yeah he's he's it's impressive like what he's done because i mean i i've just i just follow the sport and so like i followed him for years like I remember, I mean, he had like hardly any following, like when I started following, cause I'm just like, man, this kid's strong. This is, this is awesome. And next thing you know, he's like freaking out in Dubai. Just like, yeah, it's, 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 it makes you happy to see somebody who's like in a part of like our culture and our lifestyle and what we do, that's been able to turn it into something that big is, is pretty cool to me, you know? Well, like, uh, you know, like Larry said, like, uh, he would love to just do powerlifting, but powerlifting doesn't pay. No one watches. No one gives a fuck. Yep. So that's why he went into strongman. That's why he went into bodybuilding. Now arm wrestling, you know, you get more views from collaboration. Um, where uh, powerlifters are tip are overall, um, you know, cheaper. Don't, you know, like, uh, for example, a bodybuilder will have a different pair of shoes for each day to match what outfit he's going to the gym with. Powerlifter is going to have the same pair of chucks he's had for 10 years. Yep. And holding it, duct tape wrapped around the top to hold it. Yep. In. So it's just two different types of people. They're not, one's not better than the other. It's just some people spend money. The other group doesn't. So yeah. um, if you're, you know, you wanted to be in the powerlifting and grow that type of following, it's real tough. You know, there's just not a lot of money there or grass out in the other sports and there's a lot more opportunity. Yeah, definitely, man. And and you're doing that right with the arm wrestling and um, you're in, you're big into like the, um, I don't know the proper term for it, but you go out in the desert and do like, is it Baja or racing or? Yeah. Or, like, yeah. Off-roading. off-roading uh, basically yeah. the best way to describe it. Uh, you know, I'm into trucks. I'm into side-by-sides, dirt bikes, squads, yeah. sand rails, all that kind of shit. Um, pretty much all winter long. That's what we do is we ride, uh, you know, in Vegas where we live. It's too hot to do anything during the summer, so you play in the water basically all summer, like me, like Havasu, uh, Needles River, um, all that kind of stuff. And then in the winter, you play in the desert, sand dunes, uh, you know, just desert, uh, racing, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, shooting, guns, uh, it's just all part of the culture, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, um, I, love I love riding. I love the desert. You'll catch me in Glamis uh, every year, you know, four or five times a year at minimum. So, um yeah, we actually just were in Glamis for Halloween. It was insane. It was so crazy out there. But uh, Glamis and Sand Dunes that are, you know, in California, right on the border of Mexico. Okay. It's a world-renowned spot um, for you know, off-roading. But, yeah, you know, that's that's definitely my hobby. It's a very expensive hobby. <laughs> so um, you can only dabble in it so much, right? Um, obviously, you know, you wish you had the toys that the big dogs have, but I don't put in the work to have those toys, so I understand why I don't have them. Yeah, well, we'll um, see with but, YouTube, uh, man. Maybe you it's will. It's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. 
are you going to be um, putting that kind of content in your YouTube channel as well? Just kind of putting all that stuff. Yeah, that's the plan. You know what nice. I mean? More of a lifestyle channel, obviously. Uh, my whole powerlifting career, all I, on my Instagram, all I post is powerlifting, 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 which is fine. It work, that's what it works. That's why people follow it. Yeah. So on my YouTube, I get to show a little bit more of my personality and talk more. So I definitely will put more day in the life type stuff. Uh, you know, and uh, you know what I do recreationally for fun. You know, desert shooting, all that kind of good stuff. So yeah, I'm gonna include all that. Yeah, man. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I'm already subscribed, but if I'm not, I definitely will because. I'm looking forward to seeing that content. Um, shit, man. Well, I appreciate I appreciate your time. Uh, I've been looking forward to talking to you for a while, and and uh, we'll definitely have to do it again. Um, in closing, I usually ask my guests like I used to always ask when when the podcast was just centered around like four men and masculinity, which I mean it, it, a large part is still, but like I've tried to broaden and get more female viewership and listenership, so I changed it a little bit, but like. Um, I used to ask if you could give men one piece of advice today, what would it be? But in general, like if you could give young people today one piece of advice, maybe if you could tell your young self, you know, go back to when you're 18 to 20, give yourself one piece of advice, what would you say? Um, to definitely know myself, I would say stop worrying about people that don't matter. Yes. Stop worrying about people that don't matter in their opinion of you. Do what you love to do. Do what you want to do. Fuck everybody else. If it's not your immediate circle, it shouldn't matter. If it's not uh, benefiting you, you shouldn't be doing it. Um, you know, uh, if it's not your wife, your family, your uh, your kids, uh, if they don't hold any value to you, don't worry about their opinion. Absolutely. I spent a lot of time worrying about people thought of me that didn't give a fuck about me. And I really didn't give a fuck about them. And I'm not sure why I cared so much. But uh, that would probably be the number one piece of advice I would give to my younger self. Dude, that's perfect. And it's so true for all of us, man. It's like, it's it's gotta be just human nature. We just, you know, we're so susceptible to that. We're just like worrying about what other people think. And I dude, like that was a big turning point for me just to, to comment on that. It's like when I stopped giving a damn about other people's opinions about me and especially like, uh, you know, I know you don't talk too much about politics, but when I finally started just speaking my mind on stuff like that, like I sleep better at night aside from the sleep apnea, but you know, I, I have a better peace of mind at least, man. And it's so true. And I wish, dude, I wish when I was like 21, I would have known that shit because I stressed way too much worrying about other people for sure. Yeah. We're, um, no one's immune to it. We're all guilty of it. And we all say, Oh, I don't care what people think. That's not true. We're a social species. We care what other people think. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's how God intended us to be. So, um, to deny otherwise would be a lie, but you have to put in perspective, the people that matter and what they think and people that don't matter and take what they think for a grain of salt. Absolutely, man. All right. So Brandon, pa Brandon Allen, filthy power on Instagram. The YouTube channel is what? As well. Yeah. Brandon Same thing. Filthy power. Okay. Anywhere else people can find you website, Facebook, yeah, uh, filthy power industries. Um, you know, if you want to get a filthy power hat, t-shirt, tank top, um, any kind of gear, anything you uh, get there that obviously supports me and what I do. Um, so anything is appreciated, uh, me and my wife handle all that. So, um, yeah, man, filthy power industries. If you want, if you're interested in powerlifting coaching, strength coaching, any kind of fitness coaching in general, hit me up on Instagram, shoot me a DM. I respond to everybody. Um, that's going to be your best way of getting to me. Yeah. And I'll attest he's, he is a great coach. He's very responsive for the brief period. We worked together before I bitched out. Um, <laughs> Brandon Allen, man, I appreciate your time. I, I know you're a busy dude, so I, I won't take any more of it, but, uh, December 11th, 
Core Sports, Arm Wrestling, Larry Wheels. I'm pumped for you, man. I'll be watching for sure. You guys make sure you go check him out. And uh, that's it, my friend. Until next time, you guys. I appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.